Hi, nice Hi. to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. Have you ever done one of these interviews over the camera before? No. Well, let me tell you a little bit about the job to get started with. It's not just um, a job, it's sort of probably the most important job. Uh, the title that we have going right now is Director of Operations, but it's really kind of so much more than that. Responsibilities and requirements are, are really quite extensive. Uh, first category for the requirements would be mobility. This job requires that you must be able to work standing up most or really all of the time, uh, constantly on your feet, constantly bending over, constantly exerting yourself, a high level of stamina. Uh, uh, okay. That's a lot. For how many, like, for how many hours? Uh, 135 hours to unlimited hours a week. It's basically 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I'm sure you'll have a chance from time to time to maybe just sit down here and there, yeah? Uh, you mean like a break? Yeah. Uh, no, there are no breaks available. Is, is that even legal? Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Okay, yeah. so like no lunch? You can or... have lunch, but only when the associate is done eating their lunch. Uh... I think that's a little intense. No. no not possible. That's crazy. Now, this position requires excellent negotiation and interpersonal skills. We're really looking for someone that might have a degree in uh, medicine, in finance, and the culinary arts. You must be able to wear several hats. Associate needs constant attention. Sometimes they have to stay up with an associate throughout the night. Being able to work in a chaotic environment, if you, if you had a life, we'd ask you to sort of give that life up. No vacations. In fact, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, and holidays, the workload is gonna go up, and we demand that, with, with a happy disposition. Uh, that's almost cruel. <laughs> that's almost uh, a very, very sick, twisted joke. Sorry, but when there's time to sleep, or? Oh, no time to sleep. Yeah, all-encompassing, all almost. That's exactly right. 365 days a year? Yes. No, that's, that's inhumane. That's, that's very insane. The meaningful connections that you make and the, the feeling that you get from really helping your associate are immeasurable. Also, let's cover the salary. The position is going to pay absolutely nothing. Excuse me? No. Nobody's doing that for free. Yeah, pro bono. <laughs> Completely for free. No! What if I told you there's someone that actually currently uh, holds this position right now? Billions of people, actually. Who? Moms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Moms. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh! <laughs> And they meet every requirement, oh, don't wow. they? Oh my God. Moms are the best. Yeah, there's no pay. They're 24 hours, they're always there. Now I'm thinking about my mom. Yeah, and what are you thinking about her? I'm thinking about all those nights and everything. Thank you so much for everything you do. I know it doesn't seem like I appreciate all of it, but I definitely do. So mom, I wanna say thank you for everything that you've done. I love you very much. You've been there through thick and thin My mom is just awesome. She's awesome. Wow. We salute you. Oh, give him give him a big hand. All the moms. All of the moms.
Uh, it has been said that, that uh, moms are the great civilizers of the world. And uh, I, this is a picture of my mom. She passed away about six years ago. She's pretty, isn't she? Yeah. Um, I remember uh, one day, uh, I was, I think, in first or second grade, and uh, mom was com- coming to a teacher conference, and dad couldn't make it because he worked long hours. And, um, and so basically, I was uh, having a, um, a situation with this kid named Steve Ferris. I can still remember after all these years. So Steve Ferris was uh, taunting me and making fun of me because I used to have buck teeth. And, you know, from my seven-year-old perspective, there was only one way to handle this. And so I punched him right in the face. My timing was really bad. Because as I was punching him in the face, my mother was walking around the corner. And she saw me. And, man, she came up to me, and she grabbed me by the ear. And, man, she took me away. And, and uh, yeah, it, it, I, was, I was really sorry for what I did. And there was a lot of civilizing that went on in my life. Mothers truly are the great civilizers of the world. In fact, Theodore Roosevelt said this. He said, the good mother, the wise mother, is more important to the community than even the ablest man. Her career is more worthy of honor and is more useful to the community than the career of any man, no matter how successful. You truly do make our world a better place by everything that you do. Today, we're going to be talking uh, out of a chapter. I, I've never, ever spoken on this chapter before, and I've been in the ministry a long, long time. Uh, and I just kind of want to set it up before, before we go there. So um, we're going to be speaking from the last chapter of Proverbs, chapter 31. And let me tell you a little bit about Proverbs and about this kind of literature. This is actually called wisdom literature. Wisdom literature, like Proverbs and Psalms and Ecclesiastes and some of those books. And um, in fact, I'm going to read to you from the very first chapter because uh, a guy named Solomon, who was thought to be the uh, actually wisest man that ever lived, actually wrote most of it. And he says in chapter 1, beginning with verse 1, he says, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. Now listen to what he says. He says, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair. For giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. And he goes on and he describes what wisdom is. And and so, first and foremost, it's wisdom literature. And then if you go, and we're not going to read this, but if you actually go to the first uh, 10 verses of chapter 31, so it says, uh, the sayings of King, King Lemuel, King Lemuel. And you might say, well, who is that? Actually, it's kind of a code name for King Solomon. It's actually him. And it's thought that actually what he is saying is what he heard from his mother. His mother's name was Bathsheba. Many of you know that if you know the scriptures. And so Bathsheba passes this knowledge and this wisdom down to her son. And I love what she says in these first ten verses. She says what any good mother would say to her son. She says, Solomon, don't sleep around. Solomon didn't listen to that one. If you know Solomon's story, you know he slept around a lot, unfortunately. And then she says, Solomon, don't drink too much. And she says, Solomon, be kind and be fair. And I thought about like what my, mom, my mother basically told me. And she said, Steve, don't be sleeping around. And she said, don't be drinking too much. And she said, be nice. And isn't that what any good mother would say to her son? Of course. So uh, we're going to pick it up in verse 10. And... Um, Here we go. A wife of noble character 
Who can find? She's worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. And she selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She is like the merchant ships bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it's still night and she provides food for her family and portions of her female servants. She considers a field and buys it, and out of her earnings she plants a vineyard. She sets about for her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her task. She sees that her trading is profitable, and her lamp does not go out at night. For those of you that have little ones, you know what that looks like. In her hand she holds a distaff and grasps a spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, you know, like it does all the time in San Diego, right? She has no fear of her household, for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gates, uh, where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them, and supplies the merchants with sashes. She's clothed with strength and dignity, and she can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithfulness and instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household. She doesn't have them. And she does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and they call her blessed. And her husband also. And he praises her. Many women do noble things. But you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive. Beauty is fleeting. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honor her for all her hands have done. And let her works bring her praise at the city gates. Kind of sounds like superwoman, doesn't it? So what, the first thing you need to know is this is uh, just, just so you can sort of uh, relax a little, little bit, moms and, and women. This is not a job description. Okay? Um, this is not a to-do list. This is basically, again, Solomon's mother saying this is what some of the characteristics of a virtuous noble woman. And it's actually said in poem. I, if, you, if you've read the Old Testament, you know that a lot of, actually one-third of the New Testament is actually poem. So it's, it's actually um, singing the praises of, of, a, of a noble woman and, and what, what, that, what that looks like. A wife of noble character who can find. Now this is not said by a bunch of guys that are going, yeah, who can find a good woman? Man, there's none of them out there. No, this is said, this is what a good woman looks like, some of the characteristics that, that she has. A wife of noble character who can find me. I scored, man. I felt like I won the lottery when I married my wife, Karen. She has so many amazing characteristics in her. Uh, and, and she's a noble woman. Yeah, when I first met my wife, she just took my breath away. I, the first time I saw her, I was like, oh, you know, she's beautiful. And then a year later, we got married, and I still didn't really know what she had in her. I just knew that she was like, wow. And I liked her. And, you know, my mother taught me enough to know so there were some of those qualities, you know, that I saw in her. Uh, but, you know, we've been married for 37 years now. And I'm telling you, through the years, I have the strongest admiration for her. So many of the things that we reread, even though they're ancient, I've seen in her strength and dignity and the ability to juggle a schedule and the, the ability to, to do whatever she needed to do to stay up long hours of the night to do what she needed to do. So what, what we have here is the author is he's painting a word picture. It's a beautiful word picture of what wisdom looks like. How many of you know wisdom is not knowledge? 
Yeah, there's a, diff- there's a difference. Actually, wisdom is the application of knowledge. And he says, if you want to you know, you know what wisdom is in, in a mother? He says, this is what it looks like. Or in a wife, this is, this is what it looks like. And so we have a beautiful word picture of this woman who is just amazing and dazzling in everything that she does to take care of her family so much that her, her husband is respected. They go, man, you are rocking, man. You've got a, an amazing wife. The kids look at her and they go, mom, you are something else, you know. And they, they just, they, they have the greatest admiration for her. It's, it's also, let me go back a second here. It's also a hymn. It's a song. And it wasn't a song that was necessarily to be sung by the women. It was actually for the guys. Some of, this may be, some of you, if you've read this a bunch of times for the first time, you're going, what? Because you've always thought it was for the women. No, it's actually, this is for the guy. Well, why is it? Because every guy that would memorize this would say, you know what? I'm going to always take care of my wife. I'm going to bless my wife. I'm going to honor my wife. And I'm going I'm to honor my mother and bless her and love her all the days of my life. And also the young men who were single would say, I think I know what to look for in a woman. And so this would be memorized. Actually, the way that these verses are written, it's done in the Hebrew alphabet, all from starting from the first letter all the way down so that you could memorize it line by line. It was meant to be remembered. And then they would actually sing it. You know, you could just see some of the guys that are out there, and I don't know what the tune would sound like, but they'd be singing this song. Purpose, the purpose is to draw attention to the really everyday stuff that women do that us guys, we have no idea. We have no idea. I, I didn't know about it. When I was, um, oh, many, many years ago, when we first had our, our, our youngest son, Caleb, um, my, my wife had primarily raised our first two. I mean, I was involved, you know, but not as much as I probably should have been just because I was busy a lot. And then, so, and then we had our son, Caleb, and my wife has, for almost all her 37 years we've been married, I think she's been able to stay home maybe a couple of years out of that. She's just a working woman, and it's just kind of the way we've had to do life. So she works for the school district, San Diego School District at this time, and for the first time, I get to play Mr. Mom. And I had no idea what that looked like, because I had never done it before. And so I, we were just starting this church here, and so, you know, I'm trying to plan a church here in PB, and, uh, but I had to take care of my youngest son from about, you know, I, I got him out of bed in the morning, I fed him, I got him clothed, um, he wasn't in school yet, so he would just be hanging on my leg all day. And I was trying to, you know, do what I needed to do to get this church started. And I thought to myself, wow, my wife did this with our other two. Not just one, but with two. And I, I realized that her ability to, to multitask and just to juggle stuff was unbelievable. I had a whole new profound respect for, for my wife. Any of you guys have been able to play Mr. Mom before? You know what I'm talking about? That's not easy. Okay, our women are amazing. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. I looked at my wife and I go, whoa, yeah, that's, that's a lot tougher than I thought. And, and again, I just had a whole new respect. Check, oops, check this out, and uh, this will give you a little perspective. I was just going to go for a quick run. I was just going to do the laundry, vacuum, plunge the upstairs toilet, call a guy about the broken sprinkler, go to work, come home, and make dinner. What's for dinner? <laughs> it's embarrassing. But I have to say, for a lot of my life, that was me. I'm gonna go, only for me, it was like, I'm going to go surfing. You know? and, and then today, all these years later, I look at it and I think, wow, I, I had no idea. I was pretty clueless. And so I'm, so I'm speaking to you young guys right now. 
Just, just telling you guys that haven't really appreciated everything your mom did and that your wife does right now. Like, it's, it's, it's incredible. So the, this poem is directed at us guys to say, look at, open your eyes wide and see everything that your moms do and see everything that your wife does and, and everything that she does for, for your kids. Honor her for her hands, for everything that her hands have done. Honor her. And then the last thing is that it's epic. It's epic what you do. Uh, another way of saying it would, would be that, it, it's, it's, uh, that you have valor in your life. Actually, the word uh, valor would be almost a better word than noble, that you have valor. You say, well, what is valor? If you look it up in the dictionary, actually, it's being courageous in the midst of battle. How many of you women feel like you've done battle? You know, maybe you got a baby in your arm and the phone is ringing and you're actually doing a business from your home. And uh, I, in fact, I, I wanted to, to say just a, a couple of words, just identifying the, the kind of different moms that we have here today. Because I know that there's not just one kind of mom. There's, there's a lot of different kind of moms. There's, there's, there's the working mom. And, and, and to you, we know that you have, you're, you're, you're juggling schedules and deadlines. And we, want, we choose to and want to honor you today. There's the stay-at-home mom. Again, my wife just got to stay home for a couple of years, and it was so cool to be able to see her do that. But I also know it's not the easiest thing in the world, even if you're a stay-at-home mom, especially if you got, got more, you're running around, sometimes even a business from your home. There's the, the new and the expectant moms, so nervous, so full of expectation, like, what's, what's this going to be like? And we have a lot of you running around this campus all the time. And I just want you to know you will sleep one day, probably for not at least 10 years, but you will sleep one day. There's you single moms, and our, our hearts go out. We know that you've got double duty. We know it's doubly uh, a difficult task, and uh, we want to be here and support you. We want you to know that we're here for you and to be your family and to do everything that we need to do to help you. There's the moms who have lost a child, and you have so much strength, and we stand behind you on, on this particular day. There's those who want to be moms who can't be moms, and I know how heartbreaking that is, and all we can say is that God has something special for you, something unique for, for you. There's the empty nest moms. Enjoy the break. <laughs> They'll be back. <laughs> and then there's, I think, the greatest thing of all, there's the grandmas. How many grandmas we got here today? Isn't that the greatest thing of all? I mean, you know, you've, you've heard about it. You know, you get to play with them, spoil them, and then hand them back. It's a wonderful thing. It says, her children arise and they call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you, you mom, surpass them all. You know, one of the things that I got from my mom was uh, wisdom. And uh, so, just want to pass on to some of the wisdom that I, I got from my mom. For instance, mom taught us that patience when she said, just wait till your dad gets home. <laughs> Boy, did she, oh man, I remember that. That was, that was patient. Mom taught us to value a job well done when she said, if you're going to kill each other, do it outside. I just finished cleaning. She taught us the value of religion. You better pray that that comes out of the carpet. <laughs> she taught us time travel was possible. She said, if you don't straighten up, I'm going to knock you into next week. I don't know if you're familiar with any of these expressions from my mom. She taught us logic because I said so. That's why. It works perfectly when you think about it. Uh, she taught us irony. Keep crying and I'll give you something to cry about. 
And then finally, she taught us about justice. I hope your kids turn out just like you. <laughs> Moms are full of wisdom, and they bless our lives. Give her on this day everything that she deserves. Interesting word there, festoon. Festoon her with praise. It actually means with ribbons and garlands and, and adoration. That's what that word actually means. And so here's what I'm, I'm asking you to do today. It, I thought about this message and the, everybody that I'd be talking to and the kind of different experiences that a lot of you have had. And I realize that some of you, like me, your mom is no longer alive. And so you, can, you, know, you can't honor her. Uh, I realize for some of you, unfortunately, mom was not a good mom or she was an absent mom. Um, so, so here's what I want you to do, because all moms can still be honored. Like, uh, beyond my wife, I send cards out to moms that I know, and I just want to appreciate them. So I'm going to just say this. Honor a mom today. If it's your sister, honor your sister. If it's your daughter, honor her if she's a mom. If it's your next-door neighbor, if it's uh, somebody that you work with, honor moms today, because I believe it is one of the most difficult jobs in the world. Okay? Let me pray for you. Lord, we are so thankful, we are so blessed by moms and mothers and grandmothers. The wisdom that it requires, the courage, truly, it's like being in the battlefield at times. Everything that moms do. And on this, this day, I pray that, that every, every mom feels blessed feels loved, feels valued, cared for. Father, I, I ask on, on a personal level, and maybe even for some of us other guys, to forgive us for not truly realizing everything that it takes to be a mom, how tough and difficult it really is. And I pray that we, together, would make a pledge to do our best, to every opportunity we have to be an encourager, to step up and, and to do our part, and to honor and love our mothers, our wives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I said I was going to let you out extra early. I'm going to keep my word here. So here's what we have for all of you, you moms. Your kids are over there. Um, we, again, there's like, you're going to walk into the library. It's going to really be awesome. And uh, other than that, we have a whole bunch of food out here for everybody else. Have a great Mother's Day. And please, uh, if you have an opportunity, take your mom out. Or take your wife out to a really expensive restaurant, okay? <laughs> okay. God bless you.